0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined, as always, this fine Monday-slash-Tuesday by Mr. Denny Carter. We're going to break down the big changes in the Broncos' backfield, the Falcons' backfield, the Commanders' backfield, the University of Wisconsin's backfield, <laughs> so on and so forth, <laughs> as well as the potential quarterback change in Pittsburgh, and so, so much more. But first, Denny, I thought we'd just get a little self-indulgent. At the beginning of the podcast,
3: you know I'm always up for self indulgence.
2: I am too, and uh, you know I know too. You're always up for a Twitter controversy, maybe a little more than I am. Uh, you get kind of tied up in this Twitter embrolio yes. from time to time. But I got one on uh, myself on Saturday with a <laughs> a joke tweet, not at all a cancelable tweet, a pure joke tweet. But the problem is that a lot of people didn't understand it, and um, nope. so I began. I, I tweeted a picture of you. In a Hawaiian shirt. A <laughs> selfie.
3: A, a, selfie. <laughs> a selfie of a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Before I went on a date with my wife three months ago.
2: <laughs> I tweeted a picture of Denny, a selfie in a Hawaiian shirt, and I said, This is the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant who sickeningly cleared <laughs> to a tag of low and let him return to the game. <laughs> Let's get it trending and make him famous. Um they're kind of making fun of like these pitchfork Twitter campaigns. Except for the problem is far too many people thought I was seriously trying to start a pitchfork Twitter campaign. And, Danny, people seemed all too ready to believe that you were the doctor who cleared to attackable. And also, all like as you pointed out to me, all too ready to defend him. Yeah. Danny, can you just take me through what happened to my life on
3: Saturday? Yeah. Uh, so what, what happened is you overestimated the number of people online who know who I am. <laughs> Okay. Not, not, uh, it turns out not many people know. And I think you underestimated the number of people who were willing to go to bat for the doctor who cleared to, uh, to go back into a game after he clearly had suffered a brain injury. And the fact, and, and I think this is reflexive, uh, on a lot of, you know, cultural and political levels to say, no, you can't do that to someone. You know, it doesn't matter if he did uh, r- wrong. You know, if 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 he put this guy, this quarterback, in possibly lethal danger, okay, of and en- re-entering a- an NFL game, you can't do this. I'm not going to let this happen on my watch. And then you got swamped.
2: I got swamped. I left it up for several hours, and I I did the mistake. I was trying to like post through it. I was like replying to people. You can't basically being like, "Lol, it was a joke, man. Like this nope. is my friend." <laughs> You can't, uh, well, you can I'm like, this is literally my
3: friend. <laughs> like, there are too many, there are too many of them. You know, there, there are just too many. And w- once you enter their stratosphere, there's no getting out. Um, yeah. And so, and so you're, you're just, you're just, you can, you can do that all day. Oh, Hey, Hey, ha ha. I'm, it's a joke. This is not the actual doctor. And, but you're still going to get the weird energy, man. Oh, yeah. cancel culture, this and that blah, blah, blah.
2: I was accused of perpetrating Hansel culture more times than I could
3: count. I, look, I, I actually was thinking I could I, I could use this uh, as as a rallying cry for people to sign up for a newsletter of mine. <laughs> I, I, I could I could have have turned that into literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, by saying, "Hey, this NBC hack tried to cancel me, the doctor for the dolphin. Please <laughs> could, fight back!" You against, actually probably could
2: have raised at least five to six thousand
3: dollars. Right? Please fight bad. back against NBC uh, by signing up for my newsletter, where I will talk about the fact that there are no brain injuries in the NFL. <laughs> it's all a, a, a political conspiracy.
2: Yeah, it kind of it started to kind of like graduate to like the day de- the death threat phase. And I had to go to a picnic at my uh, kid's school, so I'm like, probably just gonna take it down because <laughs> I was tired. Do you think? Do you think dice succeed in making you famous? Though you think?
3: No, um, no, no, it, <laughs> not at all. Because yeah, it was just my picture. It was just it was just a picture of my big face. Uh, Got like, be
2: honest, it's yeah. a hilarious picture. You really do <laughs> look like a very shady, crooked South Florida doctor in this. I picture.
3: do, no uh, doubt about it. Uh, I, I I think if, if if I mean if I put a a white you know lab coat on i am a doctor
2: you do you would look at you and you look like a doctor who's maybe punctured a few lungs with cortisone shots um in this picture yes uh, the flamingos and palm tree (laughs) Uh, i recommend finding the picture if you can do that but I, i also recommend to myself starting this show denny we will begin in pittsburgh or even mike tomlin A man who has never seen a punt he didn't like or three points he wouldn't take (laughs) had seen enough of Mitch Trubisky's conservative play. He made the change to Kenny Pickett and his reward was three interceptions on 13 attempts, didn't he? But uh, I mean, the mainstream media claims it wasn't Kenny Pickett's fault. Uh, This what does this yeah. mean? Do we think this is sticking? What does this mean for the Steelers' skill core?
3: All right, so one of one of Pickett's interceptions was on a hail mary at the end of the game. Okay, you can't can't count that against him. The other one hit Chase Claypool in, I believe, the hands on a on a deep ball and ended up in a Jet defender's hands for the interception. The other one was a slightly overthrown ball that uh, hit off Zach Gentry's hands and was tipped into. Uh, adjust defenders hands once again so lots of hands going on lots of tip balls The the three uh interceptions are are a little deceiving um i mentioned this you know in my waiver wire piece which will be out tomorrow on nbc uh kid pickett was was excellent a no quarterback had a higher completion rate over expected uh in week four and only six quarter- if you
2: include his completions the other team too
3: no oh. th- i don't think that's included there And six quarterbacks, only six quarterbacks, had a better EPA per play uh, than Pickett. Importantly, he was throwing downfield. He had a 9.3 yards per attempt. That was way higher than the 5.7 yards per attempt that Mitch Trubisky had uh, coming into that game. I think he demonstrated Pickett demonstrated a willingness to go downfield, uh, and he his emergence, I think, makes the Steelers. At least somewhat interesting for fantasy purposes. Whereas before, I wasn't even thinking about the about Steelers skill position players because of Trubisky.
2: Yeah, I just think so. It's not like Kenny Pickett entered the league with a gunslinger reputation or as like a downfield maestro reputation. But I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was one of the most conservative passers of the modern era. After he blew out his elbow, just could not go down the field. Mitch Trubisky evidently got the same memo maybe scarred from his years in Chicago or turnovers kind of doomed him and just where he was never that successful going down the field. So compared to those two, even if Kenny Pickett is not like a born gunslinger, I think it is going to be like a huge, huge difference. And like you said, we, the proof was like immediately in the pudding on Sunday where he actually was going down the field. And hopefully the result is, you know, the Steelers have several Ferraris that they just like kind of stand around polishing uh, like all the time. Like, like uh, Mike Tomlin's wife's just yelling at it. like you never ever take the car out of the garage. You paid I don't even know how much money for this car, right? And all you do is is polish it. You never use it. Now Chase Claypool, now George Pickens, who we're about to talk about, will hopefully actually start getting some. I don't know if Chase Claypool will get some usage. I think they're just over that guy.
3: Uh, maybe it, yeah, understandably so. It's possibly uh, not great for for Claypool. I mean, it, I, I would say it's neutral for Claypool, but. It appeared against the Jets, very good for George Pickens. He caught four or five targets from uh, Kenny Pickett. By the way, the pickett Pickens thing really is really throwing gonna me off. It's going to be bad. It's gonna okay. Be hard. Like I'm writing about it today, and I'm just all over the place. It's going to be. Really I, I, I don't even know which guy I'm talking about half the time. <laughs> uh, but you know, four, four or five, uh, he led the team with a 43% air yard share. Deontay Johnson was not involved in the passing game in the second half when Pickett took over.
2: Yeah, real quick, you mentioned all the interceptions that weren't Kenny Pickett's fault. Mitch Trubisky had an interception that was like directly Deontay Johnson's fault.
3: Yes, that's true. He
2: basically just like donated the ball to the New York Jets. And a really, really bad play.
3: So yeah, I, I I think it's it's actually really great news for Pickens. Uh, Pickett seems willing to go down down the field to the dog, uh, George the dog Pickens himself. Who you know, George Pickens is going to face a lot of single coverage in uh, uh, throughout the season as teams I think rightfully focus on on Deontay Johnson. Um, maybe that'll change at some point but man, give me George Pickens in single coverage on the outside with, with a quarterback willing to just throw it up to him down, you know, down the field. I I think it, it could be really good for Pickens. Although I, I will say the kind of targets he's going to get probably don't make him an every week, like wide receiver two, but definitely give him that upside on a weekly basis.
2: Yeah. He's trending towards every week, wide receiver three status, which is a big upgrade for him where he's basically not been a usable wide receiver five and, Kenny Pickett is, like, an important development for George Pickens, but it's just kind of the latest development. He's kind of in a box-checking mode where, you know, he had the circus catch in week three, kind of, like, reminding everyone that he has this ability. It actually does translate to, like, a real-deal regular season NFL field. Like, he can make these spectacular plays. Um, Then, of course, uh, he had his first 100-yard game on Sunday, four catches for 71 yards, like you said, of his production Came from Kenny Pickett. That was near. So in one half with Kenny Pickett, he basically doubled the output he had in any of his three full games with Mitch Trubisky. So like the box checking mode that he was already in just really, really accelerated with Kenny Pickett. And I can't remember, is he 50% rostered in fantasy leagues or not? No.
3: No, And and he will highlight the the waiver wire piece this week. 38% rostered uh, needs to be picked up. I think in all 12 team leagues. Um, I think makes for, you know, if you're, if you're in a league, which starts three receivers and a flex, I, I think, I think you can get him into your lineup going forward because of Pickett, you know, and, uh, because he's going to see, he's going to see better usage. Uh, I, one last stat, George Pickens was targeted on 33% of his routes in the second half, uh, which is just fantastic. I think, I think really it portends good, good things for him.
2: Hopefully that's not just the carryover from like the second team offense thing, you know, where like a backup quarterback comes in, Possibly. targets the guy who's targeting all summer, because Deontay Johnson is very good. Chase Claypool, in theory, is good, but it certainly seems like if you were not on the George Pickens hype train before, that it's a really, really good time to get on.
3: Yeah,
2: it, it it seems like this is happening, and it does. It, there could be stops and starts because we know it's going to remain a conservative offense, and there is target competition, but it. I mean, it's week four, uh, week five now. Like, why would you not take this chance if he's been still out there in your league? He should be 100% rostered. Hopefully, we at least get it up to like 70% by Friday. But So, George Pickens is fun to talk about. The next news, not so fun to talk about. We're in Denver. We got the worst news the weekend. Javante Williams not only has a torn ACL, he's also dealing with a torn LCL and a posterior lateral corner. I don't know what that means. Yeah, Yeah, It basically means his knee is not in good shape and could be like kind of a JK Dobbins type situation where even though he's injured early in the season, that's like really, really extensive damage might not be a guarantee that he's ready for week one next season. A huge blow. If you've been holding on to Javante Williams in dynasty leagues, of course still hold on to him, Uh, but he's done for the season. And now it's Melvin Gordon who is finally kind of starting to look his age this year is really putting the ball on the ground a lot. Yeah. And then, like, Mike Boone behind him, it seemed like kind of like a 65-35 split on Sunday after Javante Williams went out of the game. Hey, what are you seeing in the Broncos' backfield? What are you recommending to people with increasingly little fab to burn since they probably already used all of it on,
3: like, Jeff? Right. Or all right. I, and I get that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon is str- struggling. You know, uh, he he was uh, – I don't know if you saw it, but he was highly emotional after the game yesterday – um, he's apparently worked hard on, on holding on to the ball, addressing this fumbling issue. He's continuing to fumble. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was less than pleased about the whole thing after they lost to the, the, the Raiders. Um, you know, First by- team
2: to lose to the Josh McDaniels Raiders, by
3: the way. Yeah. Hey, congrats, by the way, to uh, Josh McDaniel. Sounds um, like a great guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, He's a player friendly coach. Yeah. I right hear. Mike Boone is interesting. You know, I, I, I say this as someone who's been fascinated by Mike Boone for a long time. And, of course, a lot of analytics nerds are into, into Mike Boone. But he, he ran a route on almost 40% of the team's dropbacks against the Raiders. Only saw one target, but it was way more than what Gordon saw. Um, Gordon had a neck issue going into this game in week four. And he, he was kind of coming on and off the sideline. He missed significant snaps, I believe, in the second half. Uh, maybe because of the neck but we're not we're not quite sure uh, but boone is good all right hear me out pat hear me out uh he i wasn't he, shouting
2: you down for once because i've always been kind of interested in the man myself. oh good
3: good i thought i thought you' were gonna cut my mic <laughs> no, again. sorry I, thought I was gonna be I balanced. uh 5 point3 yards after contact per rush yesterday that's very high um last time we saw boone get a decent workload was in 2019. He rushed for 260 yards and three touchdowns in the final three games of that season. Uh, and his, uh, I won't bore everybody with the peripherals, but the peripherals were great. Okay. Really, really good. I think he's, he's excellent. If he can hold on to the ball, if he can stay mistake free or something close to it, I think Mike Boone has a decent chance to carve out a role here. I know Melvin Gordon, he's 29 years old, but I I know Melvin Gordon is going to get the first crack at being the lead back, but it's. I think it's very smart to roster Boone right now, rather than when he outsnaps Gordon one day, or if Gordon gets dinged up himself, you know, and, and and misses time, and then everybody's going to be splurging to get Mike Boone. You can get him just just pick him up now. Uh, he's a good end of bench stash.
2: Yes, because Melvin Gordon's about eighty percent rostered, at least on Yahoo. I'm sure it's quite similar in every other format. And I think if you would ask fantasy managers in the summer like what would happen in the event of a Javante Williams injury, you just assumed that Melvin Gordon would basically become an every down player would be like 75 to 80% of the snaps. But it just kind of hasn't been trending that way where you said Mike Boone, the last time he had a decent workload was 2019. That's true. But he was like playing snaps already this year. He wasn't getting a workload, but he was like playing snaps already for the Broncos. So it's not like he's some guy that they have zero faith in. They were kind of already throwing him out there a little bit. And, yeah, like you laid out with Melvin Gordon, the fumbles are have been a big deal. The coaching staff is not happy. It just hasn't been a good year for him so far. No. And so it, it doesn't seem like before – the, before the season started, we might have said, yeah, man, if Javante Williams got hurt, like Melvin Gordon's probably going to be a running back one. And right. that could still maybe happen. Because Melvin Gordon is quite capable of playing all three downs. Kind of underrated how good of a pass catcher he was at his peak, but it just doesn't seem like necessarily that it's trending that way. And then Mike Boone is just a like a zero risk flyer that you should be taking if he's available.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, especially if if you're running back needy, and I, a lot of us are. So we all, Boone, Boone all are. Boone makes a lot of sense.
2: We all are. I mean, not probably as much as you. Were you starting Alec Ingold? I think you said.
3: Yeah, that that was sort of a, sort of a joke. I mean, mostly, I'm I'm down bad because in leagues where I decided that I was going to go hero RB, I took Alvin Kamara. Oh boy, yeah, so, man, wow! Uh, would have liked a
2: little more advanced warning on that one. By the way, uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, yeah,
3: I didn't know that he retired.
2: Yeah, <laughs> didn't know that he retired. Yeah, I wonder if he was even in England. I wonder if that is left him in America.
3: I don't know, man, but uh, that, that was, so it, 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 hurts especially because it's like, you know, from a zero RB standpoint, cause you're like, okay, all right, fine. I'll take, I'll take my one good running back and I'm not, I'm not drafting another one until round 10, but you know, I look at Kamara and I'm thinking that could have been AJ Brown.
2: It yeah. could have been AJ Brown.
3: I gotta be honest. I have zero
2: Kamara shares whatsoever. we I started to see the age indica- indicator lights blinking last year. I'm like, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, and that's when I took uh, DJ Moore.
3: So, <laughs> so, so I'm really smart. Really Follow us out. for fantasy advice. Yeah,
2: it's really working out for me. Uh, what was had been really working out for you was if you ended up with Cordero Patterson, who we basically spent zero time talking about this summer. Uh, we didn't want him. Uh, he even himself. Talked about basically he was not holding up under the big workloads and it seems like maybe he and the coaching staff should have listened to themselves and not given him those huge workloads that he saw two of the first three weeks of the season, because now he's on injured reserve with a knee injury, correct? Yeah. Uh, On IR with a knee injury, you know, shocker uh, running back who's over the age of 30, who had never been a, a workhorse back before is not holding up well under big workloads now for the second time in two years. And yeah, it's hard not to think give guys making plays, more snaps and more reps. But the Falcons did not take their own advice. Now he's on IR. Now we got a big mess. It's what, Caleb Huntley. Uh, I mean,
3: Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier.
2: I mean, what happened? Did Avery Williams get canceled? What's going on with
3: him? Avery Williams uh, saw some some work uh, here. I'll uh, I'll tell you exactly how much work in just a second. So uh, yesterday Patterson only played 16 snaps. Uh, Algier led the team with 24 snaps, led the running backs with 24 snaps. Caleb Hunt- Huntley saw 12 snaps, and Avery Williams saw seven. Um, Caleb Huntley, get this, saw 10 carries on his 12 snaps. So wow. if he was in the game, he's getting the ball. It might much. be
2: called a tip in your pitches there. Like, yeah, uh,
3: I think uh, Arthur Smith has some work to do uh, in that regard. Uh, but uh, Algier seems like the pickup, like if you're if you are dead set on getting in on that Atlanta backfield, then you go with Tyler Algier. I mean, he has a pretty God knows pro- I am pro- right, and I'm just learning how to spell his last name. We're <laughs> we're we're learning <laughs> from... I've
2: I've I, have, I had worked I had mastered that one. Geyer.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, there you go. Okay. It's phonetic A that... L L G
2: E I E R, folks.
3: Wow, man, this is this is why you're the best in the business. It is. Yeah. uh <laughs> So I think I you know he 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 was a, a workhorse back in college, uh you know saw some passing down work but, you know really I think that this is going to be a Falcons offense that tries to be run heavy and or balanced going forward. Um, Arthur Smith seems absolutely done with the Marcus Mariota experiment. I think they ran sixteen straight running plays after a bad. Mariota interception yesterday against Cleveland. So, um, you know, it, Tyler Algier should, I think should be the lead back going forward saying that Caleb Huntley should be picked up in a lot of 12 team leagues. Um, I, I, I don't think that you can play him. I mean, you you can't, I we can't sit, sit here and say, Hey, both, both Atlanta running backs are going to have fantasy value in the same week. No, that that's not going to happen. Um, but, but Huntley would seem to be in for a primary lead, you know, lead back role. If anything happens to Algier.
2: And I do think it will be a backfield. There's going to be multiple guys getting the rock. This for all the reasons you laid out, Marcus Mariota's past attempts have gone from 33 in week one to 26 to 20 to 19. Hmm, he had, uh, his completions have gone from 20 to 17 to 13 to seven. Yeah, And those 13 and seven games were victories by the Atlanta. Fal- so Arthur Smith, is being validated in his belief to never pass the ball. And so it's not going to be like a one-man backfield for Tyler Tyler Algier. But, yeah, I don't think that matters. Just because they're I mean, a team that's running so much, they're going to need multiple backs. But there's every reason to believe Tyler Algier is getting the first crack. He's been ahead of Caleb Huntley on the depth. I mean, Caleb Huntley was not even technically on the 53-man roster until Monday. Which, by the way, there's a lot of this. It's getting to be too many loopholes with the practice squad. Yeah, The 53-man roster. I'm not sure what kind of – I'm sure they're not paying these guys it's as much as they should be getting yeah, it's just a practice squad elevation. Right? Right. <laughs> not actually on the team sure he plays every Sunday, but uh, they can only elevate them a certain number of times yeah. actually. But it's gonna be a multi man backfield. Caleb Huntley though, yeah, another like free flyer. I think you should take it just on the off maybe it does become a backfield where two backs have value. There's like it's not a zero percent chance that happens, just with how run heavy they are trending. So yeah. Uh, but Tyler Algier only 18% roster in Yahoo. Yeah. Tyler Algier is a classic, not in my league because Denny and I like the kind yeah. of leagues Denny and I have <laughs> <laughs> right, like, like Davis <coughs> yeah. <laughs> like I've had Tyler Algier since April. Like, you, you, might, right.
3: you, you <laughs> took Tyler Algier on the eighth and you were happy about it,
2: yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you're in a really hardcore league, Tyler Algier was probably already rostered, but. If you're in your league with all your friends and family, like a normal person, that's your bowling league. Tyler Algier is
3: not rostered, but you should be adding him this week. Yeah, and Algier got the goal line work as well. So that, that. Producer
2: Adam points out the Falcons are rushing for 168 yards per game. That's only fourth in the league, if you want to know how the NFL is changing. If you rushed for 168 yards per game like 2017. That'd be like a new record for the 21st century. Jeez. Um, teams, they got the run bug. Just real quick, speaking of the run bug and the Falcons – uh, Kyle Pitts. Oh. What? Uh, what's going on
3: here? So I, I actually, you know, my, I said on Twitter on Sunday, uh, I feel for Kyle Pitts drafters, even though I am not one. Uh, I, I, I just thought that third round ADP was ludicrous in what was sure to be a terrible offense. Like there's just there was just no way that they were going to use him properly, um, and they have not. And and he is being. The, the the heartbreaking thing is is that Kyle Pitts is not even out there running routes anymore. No. He's no. being used as a blocker. Okay. Wait, said, what
2: is he even being used? He's being used as like a like an actual power forward where they just solely want him to rebound the ball. Like never. He doesn't get any shots.
3: Yeah. basically. Listen, Kyle Pitts ran 12 pass routes against Cleveland out of 20 on 20 dropbacks. Okay. We're talking about a guy who not only is being used as a run blocker. But also a pass blocker. They're keeping him in and they're sending someone named Parker Hesse. I know. I, I actually thought I was like, is this a prank? No, they're um, sending Parker who's the tight end too for Atlanta. They're sending him out into routes and having Kyle Pitts block because Arthur Smith hates us so much and he really truly does. I mean, I'm not just saying that because of the Kyle Pitts thing. Like he despises fantasy managers. He, I kind of get it.
2: Yeah, use a fourth round, number four overall pick on a pass blocking tight end. It's always how I've heard you rebuild. Man, it's team. it's
3: just you know. I mean, but honestly, as a football fan, as football fans, we want to see a guy like Kyle Pitts used to his uh, potential. You know, and 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 his potential is not just sitting back and and trying to block Miles Garrett. I know Miles Garrett was out last week, but, but the point stands.
2: And yet they've won their past two games. So can I, I know, ask no, no, you no. and
3: the behavior is being reinforced, just like with the Bears. Since, you know, the, the, the Bears are running literally like an offense from like 1981, but it's being reinforced because they're either winning games or they're coming down to the wire. OK, and so they're going to keep doing that until they get blown out for eight straight games. And maybe they'll they'll they'll. Uh, do something different, but Atlanta's going to do the same thing. Hey, this is working for us. This is working. We're, Kyle Pitts is a good blocker. We're going to continue to use him as one. Sorry if that triggers you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I was, so there you go. I was going to ask you again. You didn't answer the question. Triggered much? Question mark Is my it, it question. I mean, I, I am too. Uh, big time. Uh, and this, man, Kyle Pitts is kind of. Has the feeling of like a pick that's going to get people fired if they just don't use him properly because... It's trending in that
3: direction for sure. A lot of other picks you could have
2: made other than the pass blocking
3: tight end. I hope he demands a trade eventually. Me too.
2: And a lot of other topics we can talk about right after this.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh,
1: So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of
3: hand. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean...
2: Don't forget to listen to Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. The legendary fantasy football analyst is back with NBC and Rotor World doing what he does best, rolling out his love hate list, breaking down who to start and sit, and so much more. There will also be plenty of actionable information along the way for you sports bettors. Check it out weekdays at noon on Peacock or listen to the show in podcast form wherever you download and subscribe. Denny, the Washington Commanders uh, have been unwavering in their mission to not give Antonio Gibson work and it's weird. You look at Antonio Gibson's box scores and you might think like, Hey, you know what? Like worst case scenario has been avoided and he sure he never ever gets 15 carries, but he has had at least 13 touches in all four games. He's had at least 16 in three or four games, but that has hidden the fact that his snap rate is declining every week. Uh, So 16 was the number of touches for Antonio Gibson on Sunday and, You, that might be the takeaway for some people, but I think the takeaway for anyone like box score watcher was uh, five carries for a man named Jonathan Williams, who, I mean, even I had forgotten was on the roster until people started saying this, who the hell is Jonathan Williams? (laughs) And um, he's on the team, he's getting work. They don't want Antonio Gibson to have a major workload. They, They will give work to almost anyone other than him. Now Brian Robinson has been designated to return from injured reserve and we've already been near the beginning of the end for a while. Are we like in the end stage of Antonio Gibson RB2 flex viability here?
3: Yeah, I mean, if he if he couldn't do it without Brian Robinson, there's no chance that he's going to be fantasy viable with Brian Robinson, who the team loves. OK, the team has been fiercely committed to Brian Robinson as their primary early down back since, I don't know, the first hour of training camp. OK, um, they 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 really love him. Ah, uh, Jonathan Williams. By the way, saw six snaps against Dallas on Sunday. Five carries on those six snaps. Uh, Gibson <laughs> man, only played thirty. Man, of the the not
2: better, Washington. Yeah, um, yeah
3: uh, right. Gibson only played thirty of seventy-four snaps. He only ran twelve routes on forty-five dropbacks for the for the uh, Commanders. Um, I forgot their name for a moment, but it's um,
2: really getting hard to keep track of.
3: Oh, by the way, can we talk about their uniforms for a second? They look like yes. a prison, a prison team. That's what my dad said. They, they looked, like looked they I feel like
2: they game. looked genuinely as bad as the hype, where I believe my joke on it was so back in the day it wasn't always the sometimes a video game would have the NFL license or it would have the NFLPA license, but it wouldn't have both. Yeah. The very first Madden game, Madden that came out for N64, Madden Football 64, just said the NFL PA license. So the team was called like Foxborough And you know they had weird. Yeah, I'm not joking. I didn't know and they that. had generic uniforms and I t- tweeted I, there was like, it was basically like they were wearing uniforms from like the NFL PA presents professional football 2004. And they were wearing like the Steelers. They were supposed to be like the Steelers or something right. like, like <laughs> not looking like our commanders, our football team. Yeah. Uh, they were hellaciously bad, yeah. hellaciously bad.
3: But yes, back to Gibson. Uh, it's over probably uh, now. I'm not saying that Brian Robinson is going to come in and see, you know, tw- 20 carries off the bat, but, uh, you know the the writings on the wall. I think the Gibson will eventually be droppable because J D McKissick, it, you know, has has maintained through all of this. We never talk about McKissick, but through all of no, this,
2: no one ever wants to confront their J D McKissick. Uh, it's like trying to tell your dad that you wanted to just cry for a minute. Yes, yeah. so you you don't do it. You don't talk about J D McKissick. Oh,
3: absolutely not. No, you don't. You don't cry with another man, and you do not talk about J D McKissick. <laughs> no, there's two um, things you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> it's very healthy uh things we've learned. Uh he's still yeah, he's running a route on like 60 to 70 percent of dropbacks every week. So he he has that he has that gig. Gibson's gonna lose the early down stuff, so it's over.
2: It's over. And is it is it on for Brian Robinson, who you know is nowhere close to 50% rostered in fantasy leagues. I believe uh I can't I don't even remember what it is. It's, yeah. it's low. I have it uh, here.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it is 50%, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. Got some sharp Sorry. people
2: out there because he was he was under 50 last week. So, I guess we have some forward-looking folks who are out there scooping yeah. him up.
3: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people picked him up last week. To uh, so me, he's a
2: must-add, correct, if he's still – Yes,
3: yes. But, honestly, like, without that passing down work, without the route running and the, and the target – I just – I don't see, like, a ton of upside, right? It's a, it's a cool story, great story, you know? He's coming back from being shot. I mean, you know, team loves him. He's, like, a really upbeat, positive guy. That's awesome. And J.D. McKissick blocks him from having kind of an elite running back profile. So, I think he's more of a floor option.
2: And it's just – also it's not just J.D. McKissick blocking him. It's also – I mean, Curtis Samuel is basically getting, like, running back right. type targets, too. Right. So – Uh, yeah, by the way, we got, we have a Falcons fan. We don't take questions on the show, but we have someone called big hurt ATL saying that Kyle Pitts is not a good route runner. I I will say it does seem like he has a limited route tree. I will say that in Arthur Smith's defense.
3: Yeah, Um, I can see that. I mean, it's starting to be hindsight situation with both him and Trevor Lawrence where you're like, really? Like,
2: (laughs) Are we allowed to question? Well, hold on. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had been making genuine strides. Sure, he lost literally four fumbles. And sure, it looked like even though, uh, I mean, it's harder to hold on to the ball in the rain. I'm pretty sure he'd been taught that, yeah, you know what? It's wet. uh, You got to work harder to hold on to it. And uh, literally any time, like, someone, like, bumped into him on Sunday, his fourth fumble was literally just, like, people bumping into him. And he just, like, threw the ball, basically.
3: (laughs) And it was real bad. It was yeah. a step back. Generation.
2: Gener- so, yeah, Brian Robinson, you, you, you add him because that's like the kind of thing you do.
3: Yeah, sure. In you should add him. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the
2: kind of thing. You, he's 54% rostered, by the way. That's the kind of thing you do. You just add in this, in this country, in this game, you add Brian Robinson. You don't ask questions about it because something could happen.
3: I, I think that he will be mostly touchdown dependent. I guess the upside is if something were to befall McKissick, then you're talking. And maybe it's just
2: like a situation. If he's just really good, like Damian Pierce, like these things have a way of sorting themselves out. Like the team will adjust roles. He will like reality kind of just takes over. And if he's really good, he's this team that I'm, I'm assuming is not happy with its offensive approach through four games of Carson Wentz basically being Carson Wentz and just ruining everything. So there is upside there, but yeah, maybe not as easily attainable as you might think. Same situation for Rashad White in Tampa Bay, Denny, where the Bucks last week, they talked about wanting to get Rashad White more involved, and they did that to a huge degree on Sunday night. Leonard Fournette still out-snapped Rashad White, but Rashad White got entire series to himself where he's yeah. being trusted both on early downs and passing downs. It's kind of a misnomer since every down was a passing down for the Bucs on Sunday night. They were not running the football, but... Leonard Fournette a guy already losing explosiveness has been kind of banged up all year another joke and we're going to recycle it I made on Twitter is he basically looked like a Russian icebreaker in the open field and, like <laughs> could not move side to side and it looks kind of concerning for Lombardi Lenny uh, is there an, so the Bucks they have so many playmakers in the roster but they're all hurt they need more playmaking potential on the field it seems like they've identified Rashad White as a way to maybe get some more of that on the field should we be adding him? What's the upside here? So on and so yeah, forth. Yeah,
3: for sure. I mean, I've been begging folks to add him for the entire season from my pre-week one. Well, so far. he's a not-in-my-league
2: not, a, not in my league, like superstar. Yeah, where, right, again, right. he drafted rostered, him in fourth in my league. He's been rostered in Davis-Maddox league, league since December 2020. <laughs>
3: so. He was in high so. school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. exactly. No. Look, yes, it is time. It's, it's a time if you if you can get him on your bench uh, going forward, and you know if you're in a deeper league, you might not hate him, hate starting him at flex if he continues to eat into Lombardi Lenny's uh, pass catching work. So uh, usually, Fournette has a, a really great uh, you know route participation rate. Uh, not so against Kansas City in Week Four. Uh, he ran 28 routes on 53 Tom, Tom Brady dropbacks. Rashad White ran 18 routes and was targeted on five. He caught all five for 50 yards. And he, the like you said, Pat, I think that the important thing is he didn't just sub in for Fournette when Fournette was gassed or when he was dinged up, whatever. He he had whole drives to himself, and I, I think this is a an important and noteworthy development. Because I know in the preseason, all we talked about, not we, but the uh, general fantasy community talked about was uh, Brady loves Fournette. Well, Brady also loves winning. And I think Rashad White will eventually prove to give them a better chance of winning.
2: Yeah, Tom Brady, he uh, will discard you. Unless oh, you're yeah. Antonio Brown. <laughs> and then he, that, that guy. But,
3: I mean, for all of his many, many faults, Antonio Brown was still borderline elite last he year still... before he was – you know, before good at football. football, but so
2: it, Tyler Algier, he was. Excuse me, not Tyler. Rashad White, yes, uh, was already twenty-seven percent rostered. So the word has been out, like you said, on Rashad White since the summer. Um, but yeah, if, if you've been waiting, now is definitely the time. And there could be weeks where he gets you basically zero point. This could be like an evolving, slowly unfolding situation. But if you've been like looking for a reason to add Rashad White. That reason happens Sunday night.
3: Yeah, and by the way, the Russian icebreaker joke, funny, also true, because all of uh, Lombardi-Lenny's metrics are way down. Elusiveness, yards after contact, all all of it is down. Yeah,
2: I mean, and that's another one where just don't draft old running backs. Just do not do it. I mean, I was wrong about a lot of things this summer, but – uh, yeah, you couldn't have paid me to draft Leonard Fournette. And apparently I was right about that one. So that's nice to be right about something. Yeah, well, um, you,
3: we got that going for us. We got
2: that going for me. And by the way, Davis Matt, a huge fan of the not in my league
3: bit. Um,
2: hopefully he's listening to this. Hopefully he hears this. And yeah. do you brother, do you think Tom Brady
3: still wants to be playing NFL? Football? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I this did not go according to plan. Absolutely. No. But, the, but the thing is, Tommy doesn't want to be at home either. So yeah, it, that's that, true. You know, he doesn't want to be. No, he doesn't want to be yeah. with the family.
2: Yeah. He doesn't want to
3: be on the field. I don't know where Thomas wants to be, but uh he's he he seems deeply unhappy with this situation.
2: He seems deeply unhappy, but he also seems like maybe he's finally in fix-it mode, where like he's angry about the situation, but I think it was a good sign for Tom Brady in fantasy that Sunday night he's like, all right, uh, we're not running the ball. <laughs> like that, that's yes. out. uh like he was trying to like be like, yes. like maybe like a good teammate or so. I don't know why. Was like, all right, we'll try to fix it with the run.
3: And but but I, I think that was a little. I honestly, I, knowing Tom Brady as I do, uh, it seemed that whole you know we're going to fix it with the run, we're going to balance the offense. That seemed pouty to me.
2: Yeah, like, that's true. So that, so it's another good sign where he's like, no. I'm fixing it. now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a good
3: point. Maybe finally checked
2: into the season.
3: I I could I could buy that. I, yeah. Right. We have Godwin back. We have Rashad White rotating in. Like, let's let we're we're done. We're done doing this thing where we yeah where where we were, uh, you know bottom five and pass rate over expected, which was which is unimaginable yeah. uh, uh, compared to what they did in 2020 and then last year.
2: Yeah, the Bucks running in like week two and three it was kind of like one of those games. The Zoomers probably won't remember right. Like, Kobe Bryant would sometimes like not take yeah, a shot for right, like a right. quarter and a half, <laughs> like just be really passive aggressive. Well, like, it would what? be
3: some it would be some criticism, right? Because yeah, yeah. he yeah, he, yeah. he would go he would go three for twenty five yes. in a game, and then and then he would just stand at the top of the key and just pass yeah. pass it off, and and then and then eventually he's like, okay. Enough of this. I'm taking over. Very I think strong.
2: Yeah. Miss me yet? Energy, um, right? And, Tom Brady I, was exuding that. I mean,
3: for fantasy, it, this is this is good. If yeah, if yeah. Brady truly is wanting to take over the offense, this is good. Yeah,
2: he's 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 through passive aggressively giving the ball to his teammates. He wants it now. Uh, what else we got to talk about here? Uh, I don't know. We're almost out of topics. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm gonna read a promo quick. We'll be right back after this.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest. But let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing.
2: Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bengals and Ravens and our Sunday night seven contest. They were just about out of time, but really big player in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor. He's day-to-day with an ankle injury. Doesn't seem to be a high ankle sprain. But I'm always skeptical now when teams claim – it seems like every ankle is a, injury is a high ankle sprain,
3: basically. It does. It does. And
2: like, There's no such thing as a non-high ankle sprain in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor's probably not going to play Thursday night, is he?
3: Uh, oh, or is imagine. he? So, uh, no, no, no. I can't imagine. Look, he, he's not going to practice. Uh, you know, There's no way he practices before that game. There's no way he's – I don't think there's any way he's going to play. I will say that the Indianapolis Star reported on Monday – that Naheem Hines would operate probably as the number one back, but Philip Lindsay would be active and involved in the running in the backfield rotation should Taylor miss time. So I know Philip Lindsay has been one of the worst running backs per the metrics over He's the past real two years.
2: Real, real but
3: if you're if you're desperate, you're picking them up and you're and you're hoping and praying.
2: Yeah, Philip Lindsay, unfortunately, not very good at the NFL game, which is easy for me to say sitting in my swivel chair in my suburban basement, never played the game in my life. Um, w- which literally. you are reminded of on
3: Twitter all the time. You never play. I am.
2: I am. I, am. I never play. All I'm trying to do is get hard working, red blooded American doctors canceled. Um, <laughs> for clearing, clearing our people to return the games, but Yeah, Phil, it was never going to just be three down Naheem Hines season. No, no, no. So that makes a lot of sense. Phil Blinsey is worth a desperation at, like in a 12 to 14 team league. Uh, There was a a streamer you want to talk about this week at the quarterback position. It's kind of not a great week for quarterback streamers. So I was actually intrigued to see you wanted to talk about this fellow. Who do you want to talk about, Denny?
3: I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, the seventh. No, I'm just kidding. He's Not the seventh, but he's Teddy Bridgewater. Theodore
2: Bridgewater, the seventh of... You know, some weird, uh, what are they uh, Esquire. County? Yeah, yeah, Esquire. I don't know something.
3: So uh, he's weird. available 98%. Um, he was actually pretty good in relief of Tua um after that doctor let him I'm kidding. No, um yeah, so he he completed 60% of his throws against the Bengals for 193 yards. That was eight point five adjusted yards per attempt, which is pretty solid. Uh one touchdown and an interception uh late in the game that really was not Teddy's fault. I I I I, can sure. I just
2: interrupt Ru, Has there ever been an interception that was Teddy Bridgewater's fault? Like I, this one actually wasn't, but Teddy Bridgewater's the classic. I, hold on, everyone like, on Twitter. Like, hold, on, hold on just a second. Well, t- uh,
3: <laughs> Look there. Teddy has a lot of defenders on Twitter yeah, and, and al- always has, always has. So, so yeah, I think that there will always be excuse making for Teddy Bridgewater, um, but a nicer guy you could not find. And Mike Kosecki uh, messed it up, I think uh, on that, on that play. He did um,
2: uh, another yeah. guy who's just not very uh,
3: good no. at football. So yeah, you know, against the Bengals, uh, Bridgewater had the eleventh highest completion rate over expected, seventh highest air yards per attempt. I think that he got the memo. You you force feed Tyreek Hill and you force feed Jalen Jalen Wadden Jalen Wadden Waddle. And, <laughs> we and, love and, our Jalen
2: Wadden. Yes,
3: <laughs> pick him up. Uh, and uh, and you just do that and let the you know let let the rest happen. You know, ignore everybody else pretty much. Ah, uh, so th- I think that 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 could be it. Could be good. I think it could be a good floor play in a Dolphins offense. That there's just no way the Dolphins are going to ever be run heavy or run first. They just don't even have the
2: personnel. Even if they wanted to be, um, they don't have the personnel to go full shanty right now. Um, no, you can't do that with Raheem Mostert, and you cannot do that with Chase Edmonds.
3: And yeah, and they play they play the Jets this week, and the Jets don't have the best defense.
2: Um. So and there's also this is a big difference between Teddy Bridgewater and a Vic Fangio staff, and then Teddy Bridgewater and a Mike. They're, they're going to put Teddy in position to succeed. Uh, there's going to be Jalen Waddell and Terry Kill just running wide open several yeah. plays. Yeah. So Teddy is a compelling streamer this week. Speaking of the Jets, who the uh, the the Miami Dolphins are facing, it appears we have a Brees Hall takeover in that backfield, which seemed kind of inevitable, but it had been yeah. more slow than I expected for this to happen. But does it seem like the long awaited Brees Hall takeover is happening?
3: Yeah. Right. I mean, the production, the usage, it's all, it's all. I think it's over. I think that Michael Carter is now a bench stash rather than someone you can start in 12 team leagues. Um, Brees Hall, 17 carries, 66 yards, one touchdown to go along with two catches and 12 receiving yards against the Steelers this week. Brees Hall, uh, I believe is top two or three right now in running back targets. He's top three in running back pass routes, um, you know, against against the Steelers this week. Um, He ran way more routes, 26 compared to 15 for Michael Carter. So uh, he, he has, I think Brees Hall has the profile of a clear cut RB one. Should this usage continue?
2: And did part of this Zach Wilson can't derail the offense. Did we see some light at the end of the Zach Wilson tunnel on Sunday. I've not seen this game yet. I don't know if you have, but did we see any light at the end of the Zach? Can we at least, maybe Zach Wilson's not going to immediately torpedo the fantasy value for a lot of Jets mm-hmm. who have been getting very, very interesting. But, I mean, this is an offense that's been supporting Tyler Conklin for sure. case, So
3: Yeah, right. Well, well, part of that supporting of, of a guy like Tyler Conklin has been an unbelievable amount of offensive snaps. Right. And they continue that they had 70 offensive snaps against Man. Pittsburgh uh, this week. And I, so I think that's a good sign, you know, it's not, it's not Joe Flacco era jets, but it's, it is, it is a good sign that they, you know, their defense is not very good. They're they're, they're So they're going to be forced to run a lot of plays. Um, they didn't drop back nearly as much. They didn't have the the same pass rate that they did with Flacco under center. But yeah, no, I, I think that overall it was encouraging those who were wondering, oh, is this is this the end of the line for all my jets? Basically, I, I, I don't. I think the answer is no. I do think that Corey Davis is clearly oh, man. Zach Wilson's favorite target. It doesn't mean Garrett Wilson's usage was still very good against it was. It was, but. I do think that you have to downgrade Elijah Moore and you have to upgrade Corey Davis. I don't take pleasure in saying this.
2: I do think maybe the Garrett Wilson thing could just be, he has had way more reps with Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson's usage, thankfully did not tank on Sunday. And hopefully he will get firmly established ahead of Corey Davis. But yeah, he was not on Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully that still happens. I think the most encouraging thing was Zach Wilson was, So they didn't want to put the game on his shoulders for a while. They tried to avoid doing it, but then they eventually just had to do it. And he did not sink the ship. He actually did lead a comeback, and they won the game. Yeah.
3: Jets yep. uh Jets fans reminded me of that. Yeah, they're uh, going to
2: be all year. I mean, as they should. There's nowhere yeah. there's nowhere more American in this country than Long Island, and I want all of them tweeting at you all day every day for the rest of the year about how Zach Wilson's really good.
3: I too would be miserable if I lived in New Jersey. So oh, I Come it. on, man. Uh, I'm,
2: I'm not we have it. a humongous listener and readership base in New Jersey <laughs> and Long Island. So I didn't say did New not- York. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, they, I, I I give them permission. Mission to, to uh, sick sick you.
3: I can't um, I can't. I honestly can't believe that there are Jets fans who think that Zach Wilson is the answer. I'm
2: not a kidding. I think like half of our readership is in Long Island and New Jersey.
3: Uh, well, I, I would like to issue an apology for something that I said long a long time years ago. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> they love the website. They really, really do. So well,
3: I I appreciate I appreciate it. Please keep reading the site and listening to the podcast, but I don't get it. I don't get your Zach Wilson fascination.
2: Yeah, I don't either, but thank you for reading the site. Uh, uh, real, real quick, Rashad Bateman seems to have a mid-foot injury. That's never good. Um, are there any Ravens pass catchers Oof. not named Mark Andrews who are intriguing yeah. in any way? Oh, no, you actually have an answer for this? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> so I'm sorry that I came prepared. Yeah, yeah. Who? Who? Devin DuVernay. It's DuVernay uh, Susan. Uh, uh, no, finally, finally, it's heavy. Finally? You know, look, look, fi- what I'm saying is, all the people who have been in my Tuesday waiver chat on the uh, NFL and NBC YouTube page—you can find it tomorrow at one o'clock Eastern—who have been saying, "Why don't you ever talk about Duvernay? He's the best Ravens receiver. I don't want to hear about Bateman. I want to hear about Duvernay. Tell me to pick up Duvernay. Y- y- your time has come. The it's over. Come. Like du- Duvernay gets gets probably a full you know uh, share of a compliment of snaps and routes." You know, good job. You, you made it. And now I'm going to look wrong for not, for not t- telling you to pick him up. But yeah, it's, it's, it's Duvernay or bust. I mean, outside of Andrews. Outside of Mark Andrews. Um,
2: Yeah, it, it is time. And it's also time to end the show really nice. It was a nice, relaxed, but informative Monday show, I would say. Right. Yeah. Um,
3: I, I I'm totally relaxed. I
2: feel relaxed and informed. I feel much more relaxed than last week, where I was tilted out of my mind. <laughs> right. my
3: internet, the internet wasn't working. Well, you were sweating profusely.
2: I was, I was. I had a sweat towel. Not even kidding. When I was <laughs> <You> toweling <did. laughs> off. Uh, that's how tilted I was last yeah. Monday. But it's a new week. Uh, check out Denny's waiver wired column, which will be up on the site almost certainly by the time you hear this. Not not if you're listening Monday night. Up early Tuesday morning on NBC Sports Edge, Roto World. So check that out. Check out we got a podcast coming with Lawrence and Kyle. Uh got my my Sunday aftermath week four recap up on the site. So thank you so much for listening, especially if you're in Long Island or New Jersey. Uh, I'm not even kidding. They are they are huge fans of the site. So well just uh, they're, and they're, not, they're right they're about Zach. Wilson. Me, they're you. frankly right about Zach Wilson, Benny. Um, no, they're not. <laughs> I, I actually kind of need them to be for reasons I won't really get into in a two-quarterback league that is very near and dear to my heart. I recently had to acquire Zach Wilson, so I am now personally vested in this. So, uh, I, uh, I wish you luck. I'm moving to Nassau County now. Um, so, yeah. uh, for Denny, I'm Pat. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later this week.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped
1: this charming devil.